Hello and welcome to another episode of the Magician's Call podcast. We have another great episode for you and the first of 2022. In this episode, we'll join Lance Allred and Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai in the new year. We will discuss the Magician's Darkness. It's a great episode and we can't wait for you to hear it. If you want to support the IFC's Magician's Call, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al-Samurai... Take it away. Welcome back to another broadcast of The Magician's Call. I'm Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai. With me, as always, uh, Lance Aldred. Um, today, we, we are back in 2022. I know we did three episodes in 2021, and we kind of left everybody hanging. But we're back, and we're hopefully going to be on a weekly basis so uh, stay tuned. Uh, we haven't given up on you. Don't give up on us. Okay, Lance. Uh, Happy New Year, bro. How you doing? Happy New, Happy New Year. I think it's always apropos for the magicians to go on a ground during the holidays. Um, uh, because that's where we have to do a lot of reflecting on family patterns. And so I know I had to do some confronting with the recent loss of my father and those memories around the holidays and what it actually means to be a family. Uh, those are hard times. And so uh, I think that's where we disappeared to, at least on my behalf for the, the holidays. So, but I'm glad to be back. Yes, me too. I, I agree with you. I, this is complicated being with family. It uh, takes us back to a time where um, our consciousness um, was still evolving our understanding of the world and how we're connected to it without the family um, was still murky. Mm -hmm. And um, as we move from that space to other spaces and our independence, we start to see how we were um, held back and um, how we were actually freed up in certain ways that we didn't understand at the time because we felt like we were held back. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think you're bringing up a beautiful dichotomy that you have family that's trying to prepare you for a cruel world. And by that, they diminish or repress a lot of your gifts. But those, those experiences actually become an inward volcano that really do allow you to truly ascend and emerge in a big way in the world that otherwise probably would not have happened. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we're back and our last episode, we started to talk about um, what the magician does, how they appear in the world. Um, we're going to continue with that theme today. And I, I wanted to ask Lance, uh, I wanted to start out the conversation about uh, how much trauma the magician suffers during their lifetime and how um, the um, suicidal fantasy becomes um in, integrated into those traumas mm -hmm. of um the, the idea the hallucination the the escape of this uh body this avatar as you like to call it which right. made me start to call it but so <laughs> okay so i'm gonna let you go with that um well, you know, I'm sure you have similar things and chime in at any point. 
but I was born nearly dead from RH incompatibility. That's why I have the hearing loss. And then I was hit by a car, nearly died when I was seven in second grade. Um, but then the death of cultures, communities from polygamy and family tribal wars and those religious Game of Thrones-esque situations and then leaving polygamy entirely and having your extended family ostracize you and you have your tribal death. Um, death has been a constant mistress, I would say. So the magician, um, whether you want to believe in light magic or dark magic or what that even looks like to people, but to be able to actually do light magic, you have to be acquainted with the dark. You have to have the balance of them to know the true power. Uh, context matters. And with that, a magician is almost walking side and hand in hand with death uh, from early days. And so therefore, it's much more real, it's much more palpable, and it is an option because you know it's there. Not that you like it, not that you like staring death in the face, but it's always poking at you. And there is the frustrating, painful, claustrophobic dance of, as a magician, you feel the wonder and awe of the universe Yet in this incarnation, you're being asked to come down and vibrate as such a dense, low vibration that it is claustrophobic, that you know at some cellular soul level that there is so much magic that we can't even comprehend, that bend our three-dimensional laws of physics in this iteration, in this board game. Now, some part of you knows that there's so much more out there in the universe, yet you're being asked to stay in this board game. And it would be hard not to want to check out and go have much more open range to dance with the stars and the cosmos, but having to stay here in this game where everything is so condensed and limiting and constricting, suicide is a fantasy because this game is frankly very constricting to how expansive the universe really is. Yeah, so when I think about, uh, so we're talking about uh, suicide and always it's a very problematic um, aspect of existence uh, we want everybody to know that um, we're here at the institute for conflict for you if you need anything uh, please reach out to the suicide hotline if you have um, any kind of suicidal thoughts or uh, fantasies um, please talk to somebody um, we're we're taking the idea of the what it is to be um, living in this body and what it feels like when we are uh, feeling trapped and scared. Um, <clears throat> so uh, with that uh, public message, I want to uh, pick up where Lance left off 
And we want to talk about the way I, I think about it, because um, um, early on in life, I had fantasies of suicide. I was terrified um, when I was an adolescent. And the terror came from the feeling of being trapped. Um, and I guess I didn't understand it from the archetypal plane. I didn't understand it was the magician who was feeling trapped in the, what you eloquently called the 3D dimension, um, how we are trapped in that and how we think that there is no escape, there is no magic, there is um, just a sentence of being. But with that, there was trauma. There was trauma from um, family trauma um, that occurred um, physical pain that occurred, um, depression, uh, loss, and anxiety that also was present at the time. So it was very difficult to think about it in terms of um, what it means to be trapped instead of where is the exit door and how do I leave? Absolutely. It's profound. And as a kid, too, I remember when I was seven, uh, around the time I was hit by the car, my parents had me begin to see a child psychologist because I said I wanted to kill myself as a kid. Suicidal fantasies. And when I was 28 in Italy in 2009, after I lost my job with the Cavaliers due to the recession, and I was in Italy and not getting paid there either, I nearly jumped out of a window because I had lost belief in all magic. I remember I looked at the stars, it was at nighttime, and I felt so far away. And just the heartbreak of the loss of, of wonder and awe that we felt as children when we could run through the forest and be fascinated with the smallest things and feel magic all around us and then the world has a million ways to hurt you that little by little it chips away the magic and the wonder that you feel so far away from anybody not just the universe but from any real human connection that compounded with the stories that my worth as a man was attached to the outcomes in the secular world, as far as being a basketball player, my resume, et cetera, et cetera, that I was running away from so much trauma as far as how do I define my worth as a human being in this 3D game. And I felt I was losing at that game too. Ooh. So I'm not winning this 3D game and you're not letting me have magic either. So where's the cost benefit here? Mm. I, I, I'm not finding it. That you won't let me play with magic mm. and do beautiful things in this world. And yet I'm now at playing the game that I feel I'm being asked to play and I'm playing by all the rules. And yet I still can't get the break to go my way. I can't get a little fairy dust myself to come in because while I'm able to sprinkle fairy dust, sprinkle fairy dust on other people, Ooh. It seems like I can't get it to sprinkle on me. Ooh. And so 
I had a choice in that moment, Lahab, was I can either die with my stories, that my worth is attached to these certain outcomes, or my stories can die. Mm -hmm. And there was still one more story. After that, I got married, and then I thought I'd really be happy. I went through a divorce, lost that one too. Mm. And I've had enough death of dreams or death of iterations of who I thought I had to be that death and loss continue to be my mistress mm. to the point now that really what I see is that the death and the loss have now peeled away all these illusions of the 3D game that I realize I don't have to play those 3D rules anymore. And with that, allow magic and wonder, even if my literal eyeballs can't see it, mm. just allow it to begin to percolate and permeate that eventually you do see the matrix grid around you dissolve. Mm. And you start to see binary things, codes and everything around you and even if it is your imagination, but how else does the field or God, the universe communicate with you? But I think it's more a pineal third eye that you just start to see things as an open grid. Um, and that's where I see a lot of my life now. And the pain of death that's so overwhelming that you want to just shut off the mainframe entirely mm. unplug your avatar mm. but those little deaths are really what are needed to get you to truly align with magic that the universe offers that the universe is asking you to step into because to be able to vibrate and come down at this vibration there's so much trauma at the spirit level to even be incarnated here that to bring those memories and awarenesses with you right away, it's virtually impossible. But to have enough death and enough trauma as you go through to rip away the scar tissue is a necessary rite of passage. It's not fun. I wish there was a much more simple way to do it. But to be able to have those experiences now allow you to really step out of any fanciful ideas of who the 3D game says you have to be. That eventually you get tired enough of it say, you know what, I've played every game everyone's asked me to play and damn it, I played it well and I didn't get any results from it. I'm done playing the game. And that you're able to move into a space of alignment. And let's talk about alignment uh, briefly, that a lot of people are, they're, they're misconstruing magicians to think that we can bend space and time. Mm. Maybe we can sometimes that we manifest and create magical things. But really what the magician in their full power does through the heartbreak, through the loss, through the death, is able to truly align with universal magic, that we don't really hold on to the stories that, oh, I can manifest my vision board and it's gonna look exactly this way. It's more of those stories don't matter anymore. Those are the rules of the 3D game that says, if I have these, I have value. But the magician says, those are just childish things. 
that I now align with universal magic and I allow magic to flow through me. I don't manipulate magic, but I'm simply now just a conduit that magic flows through me. Yeah, I mean, um, as you are talking about it, you know, when I was a teenager and I started having uh, suicidal ideation, my parents took me to a psychologist at the time. It felt, um, I felt trapped. I felt like I had nowhere to go. I don't know where the place that I wanted to go to was, but I felt like I couldn't move. I couldn't um, get out of my own way. Um, the things that made sense to me no longer made sense. Mm -hmm. um, my mother did this thing where she um, went to a seer and she um, brought some lead back and she melted the lead on the stove. She put a bowl of cold water. It was a metal bowl, of course, but anyway, uh, do not try this at home. But uh, she poured the, the lead into the metal bowl and it formed a... Um, it formed a plane with a broken wing. Mm. Um, and I'll always remember. And she said, it's um, you are scared because you um, think that you can't fly again. But this is uh, only your fear manifesting itself. Um, you're able to fly again, which was it came true. Anyway, I was able to leave. I was able to fly again. Um, but I remember that it holds a very dear part to me because it saved me from the creation of the cell, the torment, the dungeon. Mm -hmm. I had created an internal dungeon in my head. I had in my imagination, I created this dungeon and I was trapped in the dungeon. Now, mm -hmm. whether this is because I think we've talked about this, whether this is because of many, um, past incarnations of magicians being burnt, um, being killed, being thrown in dungeons, being trapped, being um, um, hunted. Um, this was uh, something that holds, holds on to me. And the way I think about it now is I think about um, those deaths, as uh, you eloquently put, um, create a form of consciousness for us, create a uh, door to um, a different uh, place, a place beyond space and time, um, a place where we are free to uh, explore the world. Once we are able to overcome that um, that fear, that that trap, that um, cell that we created. In a lot of ways, we create our, our traps in our minds. And the magician does this uh, in a very complicated way, and they um, torment themselves when they do this. Uh, there's a lot of torment in the cell because they um, put all the um, pieces of the torment within the cell. Mm -hmm. They keep adding different pieces to the cell until the cell no longer, um, the trap feels no longer a trap. It feels like damnation and yeah. somehow you have to escape. So 
Yeah, I think it's um, uh, the curse of, uh, maybe a better way, it's just the, the temptations and the ills of the world. Not to get all biblical or self-righteous here, but I think that the magician, we can get trapped into thinking, wait, I can create fat, I can create fat, I can create fat. And then we start creating these attachments to what we know at some core level we're capable of creating magic and beautiful things and then we create this burden that says i have to now make all these things happen or else what am i doing until eventually as you said it just becomes so much that like okay i i feel trapped with my possessions i feel trapped in my stories i feel trapped in my body that i'm trying to hold space for all these things and if I am even able to manifest them, uh, rarely are they as fulfilling as I hope to be, they'll be, or usually there's a curse or some price at the end of them. But really, it's being able to say and see, oh, yeah, I am capable of doing a lot of things. And somehow feeling like I have to do all of them, or else I'm not actually doing my job as a magician. And the trick is getting back to simplicity and saying, yes, maybe in past lifetimes, past iterations, those fancy things mattered to me. And I was able to manifest. But there are so many different games going on on this planet, this iteration, this matrix board. I think you've heard me say some people are playing the game for power. Some are playing the game for wealth. Some are playing the game for love. There's so many games going on that everyone thinks their game is the only game. And the magician, what we really ask to do with this time and space to bring balance to it is to say, I see all the games around me and I choose not to play any of them. That I choose to bring balance. Um, that's very much is where I'm at now. Balance of clarity by seeing these games, they don't translate into the universal consciousness. These possessions do not uh, alchemize and rise with us like the phoenix to the next incarnation. They don't. These worldly accolades and worldly praise, those, are, they, those don't convert. These are all just childish things that are limited to this board game. And I think the challenge really is, is being able to say, okay, maybe in a past life, maybe I was a confidant to a powerful king or something like that. And I had all the riches in the world and I got tempted and strayed and I fell off and I lost my way. And some part of me knows, hey, I can do that. But is that what I'm here to do again? Or am I here just to keep repeating the same game? Or am I actually able to say, I see all these games and I now choose to align again, align with universal cosmic magic to help the world begin to vibrate out of a 3D vibration. Because when people are still talking about manifesting their vision board, that's a 3D vibration. Yeah, I, you know, um, the more you, the more you talk about this, and the more I see 
the, the, the creation of the magician is that their ability to create is profound. They're able to create all kinds of different um, escapes, um, different creations of landscape, but different creations of existence. Um, they travel back and forth through time. They also travel from um, one space to another space without blinking. They could be sitting with you, staring at you, talking to you, and they'll be somewhere completely different at the same time having a conversation with you, at the same time being in that space and being alive in that creation. So when the creation becomes dark, when the creation becomes oppressive, when the creation turns on the creator, and it turns because the magician forgets it's, uh, it's their creation. Right. Um, he or she forgets that this is their creation. This is not a creation from the external. They have created it. They have, um, um, they have hooked their wagon to it. And now um, they forget that the creation is pulling the wagon. The creation and the wagon are both theirs. Mm -hmm. And that's when the trap is unlocked. You're never really trapped by other people. You're always trapped by self. Right. You're always trapped by the things that you think are important. I think Lance right. mentioned some. Um, but we start to think of prestige, of, uh, of places, of uh, fortunes, of uh, being greater than thou, being uh, holier than thou, being uh, more powerful than thou. And that gives us some kind of... Uh, um, validation, validation, so the, a, a a sense of worth. Um, but, but as Lance puts it, this is a board game, and it's only played for a short period of time. Um, our our lives are very finite in this uh, avatar; they do not last that long. And then um, new avatars take the stage. New mm -hmm. avatars start to play the game. New avatars start to find the cures. New avatars start to find the solutions. And as we move through time, what we need to realize, I think what um, Lance could correct me, but I think what me and Lance are saying is that we don't need to be defined by what the culture says uh, is your worth. Mm -hmm. The culture is limited by the companies that run it by the power that's behind it. That power is not there for you. That power is there for someone else. And therefore its definition always is of subjugation and subordination for you. Always remember that. Remember culture does not translate with us either to the next iteration. Exactly. Culture is directly tied to this planet that when people say, oh, is there a heaven? What they're really asking is, do I get to take my culture with me? And I think your point is good, and let's iterate, let's go deeper into it um, um, as far as the concept of other people are oppressing me or trapping me. You have to first give them the permission and the power to trap you by believing the rules of their game. And as you just said, 
So really it is us ourselves who create our own prison, who create our own torture, who, who uh, create and inflict trauma on ourselves by believing these illusions. Uh, but the real power of the magician is when they're able to leave these things behind and recognize that this is the wrong world. This world isn't real, but we're still playing. Why are we playing? Why are we here? But again, I think I've said in a previous episode that what I see is Earth 3D vibrating at such a low dimension. And it's like a cancerous cell, so to speak, in the brain of the universe that are we here to help it vibrate at a higher consciousness. And we can't do that if we're still believing childish things and material things are going to translate or give us value that they have some sort of reflection on our eternal worth that oh because when i was on planet earth playing the game as a medieval wizard i had a coffer full of gold and a harem of beautiful virgins that somehow that means eternally i have more value than some other star or, or in some other galaxy those are silly things and again that's a 3d vibration and to really move into magician power and to not feel trapped anymore is to give yourself the permission to move into neutrality. Neutrality does not mean that we're quitting, that we're giving up, that we're waffling. Neutrality is seeing that both extremes of a polarized world are holding on to childish stories that my tribe is the right tribe. You're the enemy. And the magician just says, these are worldly stories that keep us at a 3D vibration, which is a low vibration. And I do not have to attach or hitch my star to that wagon to any sort of tribal identity because we learn the hard way. Even if we do get accepted by a tribe, we're going to get spat out again pretty soon. And being able to say, all right, I've had enough death, deaths of iterations of who I thought I was by playing in a different tribe every year on basketball teams and then being shown the door because they thought they could continue to do magic without me. That eventually is like, okay, I see, I see the rigged game here. I can't win either way. But that's not what I'm here to do in this iteration. I'm, I'm here to have the heartbreak to eventually have those illusions, that Neptunian energy fall away and be able to see beyond the game board and see more cosmically the grid of it all and say, ah, this is the bigger game. And in order to bring the bigger game here, which is what I'm being asked to do, I have to step out of attaching my worth to these lower frequencies and allow the magic to come through me to help us vibrate at a higher level. You finally start to see the loop for what it is. It's a loop. Great word. It's a loop. You are stuck in the loop as long as you believe the loop exists. Once you start to believe, once you start to question the existence of the loop, you fall out. The loop throws you out. Mm -hmm. The people around you throw you out. They push you out of the loop. Because now what you're challenging is their own insecurities, their own misgivings, their own projections. So you're no longer wanted within the loop because you disrupt the loop. 
And magicians are disruptors. They're in their natural, in their natural being, they're disruptors. They question the existence of why does it have to go this way? Why does it have to be this way? Why is it who makes the rules of this game? Why do we have to play by these rules? And if we play by these rules, what is the ultimate objective of playing by these rules? How does it feed us? How does it help us? How does it help us grow? How does it make us more conscious? Or does it keep us dumb? Does it keep us trapped? Does it keep us from understanding the larger world at hand? As uh, Lance is putting it very eloquently, he said, trapped in this 3D illusion at a very low vibration, which means that not only are you trapped, but you're, 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 you're in bondage. You're being held down. You're not being able to move not just in the, uh, in the psychic space, but in the physical space, mm-hmm. they're holding you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, lots, of, lots of great points shared there. And uh, man, we can go off on so many different tangents, but it really is being able to be that annoying person who asks, okay, if I buy into your system, who benefits the most? The person at the top, usually, yeah. always and that that and that we're annoying that way, and that you know we live in a day and age of online certification with so many things. Oh, you need to become an online certified spiritual coach. <laughs> I'm like, well, who certified the first person that then created the certification school? <laughs> who who said they were spiritually certified? Yeah. Th- those are the questions I ask, and it drives people crazy. But you see it in whether it's corporate or the spiritual that we have so many people now trying to create these systems, especially around sacred things. And as long as they're on the top, hey, we're going to act like we pioneer something when these are ancient universal truths, archetypally at the spirit level, and people are trying to monetize them as this, their, their own intellectual property. Everything I share with you, Lahab, is not mine. It's just universal truth that comes through me. It's the universe's intellectual content. I agree with you 100%. And to try to copyright it, you know you're then talking to a charlatan. That's what I would tell anyone, is that be aware of everyone's systems and ask who's benefiting and is it actually really helping other people? And the people at the top, what are they doing with the benefits? great question to ask that again i'm someone i'm not an idol worshiper and i learned that the hard way growing up in polygamy and having the wool pulled over from my eyes as a child to see these men are in fact not prophets of god but child molesters and money launderers that i am the person i watched that and people quote osho i'm like oh you mean the guy that had 93 rolls royces i mean uh, you don't see the incongruency there I hate to be a hater, but I am that kind of person that I ask, what do people do with the blessings, so to speak, quote unquote, the 3D blessings that they hustle to get by reiterating spiritual truths that are the universe's intellectual content. And so I'm that guy and people know I watch them. They know I see them again with the hearing loss. I look at people and I can look right through them 
And that's why, again, I get dismissed from a lot of parties, so to speak, because they know that Lance Howard isn't going to get on the same stage at the convention and package up spiritual truths and then try to upsell people on my programs to make money exploiting spiritual sacred things. I'm not going to operate that way. Again, that's just me getting kicked out of another tribe. Another loop. Another loop. And so, but that is, that goes to show that there's a lot of fake magicians, a lot of fake shamans, a lot of fake healers out there, but maybe some part of them actually does have the archetype to do it, but they are blinded by the 3D game. And they're only playing the short-term game of the 3D vibration, trying to get their trophies and toys because they're stuck in the loop. Well, just because you have uh, just because you have a glimpse of the archetypal pattern doesn't mean you understand the archetypal pattern. The archetypal pattern mm-hmm. is universal. The archetypal pattern is uh, from the beginning of time. If you understand the archetypal pattern, then you understand that this is all an illusion. That you that that you are particles of energy that is moving around and creating more and more illusions. The 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 closer you get to it, I think when you call it being trapped in the three D universe, the closer you are to it, the uh, the further you are away from it. The closer you are to it, because you're trapped in it, you don't know that there's an existence elsewhere. The, uh, that's why you are further away from it because you can't see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is, is that this energy that has uh, from the beginning of time has tried to become conscious of itself in different ways, as uh, Lance talks about it, uh, playing board games over and over again, trying to find the, um, the, the, perfect, uh, the perfect conclusion to a game that has started uh, since the beginning of time. Um, we, we are all amateurs in this field because we don't know what is going on. Once we start to, once the consciousness of the magician starts to appear and the illusions become very clear, then the disruption happens. That's when the fear sets in. That's when things start to go sideways. That's when things do not make sense anymore. That's when the magician is always, is always irritated by the assuredness of other people's ideas, of the way they think, of the way they see the world, of the way the world should work, of who should be in the world, who should be excluded from the world, and why they should be excluded from the world. Right. That's why um, the magician. Go on. Go on. Go, go ahead. No, that's why no, no. I was just thinking that's why the magician is always thrown out of the loop because yes. then the magician says, "Why don't we include so and so into the loop?" And they say, "Oh, so and so doesn't belong in the group. So and so doesn't look like the rest of the group. So and so doesn't believe like the rest of the group." And that's why the magician is constantly being thrown out of these loops out of academia, out of uh, the MBA, out of uh, corporate world, because they refuse, they cannot. If you're a conscious magician, you cannot sit there and watch this game and say in earnest, yeah, it has to be played. Yes, 
and exclusivity is a game that true magicians do not bow to. But most systems have to sell the idea of exclusivity to give their system value. But the cosmic, the universal system is never exclusive. It just no. We're an extension of it all. And so to be saying that somehow we're now exclusive is oxymoronic to the whole notion of what the universe is itself. It's just one. It is. And when we go into systems and we begin to love empathically and openly and bring in universal laws, at first people love how we make them feel. But then when they're angry, they're angry when they see that we don't love them exclusively. That's when they feel betrayed because we are not closing the loop that we're breaking it further open and that causes them in their fear-based mentality to think that their time and money they invested in this system will have been for nothing. And most people are too afraid to cut their losses like that. But a real magician who was being asked to step into full iteration of it we don't really get the choice to cut our losses. No. Life cuts them for us, as painful as it is. This Going is to a point that you brought up as pointful, as a powerful thing that you look back on all these heartbreaks. And as painful as they were, you realize these were huge initiations. And if you can say with every heartbreak, my heartbreak is my heart is broken right now. My heart is still broken, losing my father and uh, another issue of uh, betrayal around that grieving, reminding myself, and it's not easy to do it, but like this, this is an initiation. There's an important one. Um, and that is, that is one gift I can give anyone who is stepping into magician archetype. That when your heart is broken and you have had another death and suicide seems like the only option being able to step into an empowerment and reframing it and say, this is an initiation. Maybe I could give you something that the universe gave me. Yeah. When you say my heart is broken and my eyes are open, is every time our heart breaks, our eyes are open to the light. Yeah. So every time our heart breaks over something, our eyes are open to something much grander. Yeah. Heartbreak is our greatest teacher. So when we think of these things, I was, I was today, I was at uh, the grocery store and the guy behind the meat counter was giving me short ribs for uh, $20 for two pounds. It seemed, it seemed very, very out of whack. So I said, these are very, very expensive short ribs. And he says, you know, what we used to say when we worked in the uh, restaurant industry, oh, no, the price of minimum wage went up. Now all the prices are going to go up because uh, what they do is, is like, oh, now you have more money. So I'm going to keep it at the same rate to right. keep you under control. So more money does not give you control. More money just gives you more problems. Right. And so um, right now, what they're doing with inflation, they call it inflation. They right. use the word inflation. Right. 
They use the term, and I dare anybody to sit there and explain what the term really means. What the term really means is that there is more that I need to control. That's what the term means. There is more out there that I need to control. Because if they have more and they start asking for more, if they're not worried about their bread, if they're not worried about their meat, if they're not worried about their groceries, they're not worried about their health care, they're not worried about their insurance policy, they're not worried about their house, they're not worried about their kids, then they start thinking about me. They start thinking about the person who runs everything, the right. people who are in charge of the game. They start thinking about the game. Why do I need to play the game? Why do I want to play the game? Should I be a part of this game? And As therefore, a job, people quitting their jobs is at an all time high now. Exactly. And people don't want to play the game. So they keep pushing up the prices to force people back into the game. Oh, you don't want to play the game. Oh, you're going to have to play the game. I'm going to starve you out. I'm going to make it so so bad for you that you will have to come back and play the game. Right. But I think they've lost the narrative. I think yeah. it's, it's part of the awakening of consciousness for the magicians. I think the narrative is also they've lost the tether that they've been holding on to, to control, um, to control these populations in this way. Well, I thought it was interesting again with, quarantine and COVID, I think a lot of people also realize, one, yeah, why can't I just work remotely? This is stupid. Um, I can be just as effective on my computer at home as I can in the office. But also, I think a lot of people realize, as for me especially, I can get by on pretty little. I was already used to that with all the hotels I lived in as a basketball player. I don't need a big space. That I'm being quarantined and I don't need to be out consuming and spending uh, all money on these things. I don't need that much to get by, really. And I think a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people have that same epiphany. That why am I breaking my back to get all these possessions if I can't even enjoy those possessions with the loved ones that I work so hard to get those possessions for? It just is completely redundant. And... I see that a lot of the game is, is flying back in their face at the moment. That some people, yes, we still see a lot of people diving back into the game, but I think enough people are like, hold on, wait, no, that, I don't have to do that. And that's a good thing. I agree. That I think another big game out there with you with all your travels and me and all my travels is the game of nationalism. Correct. It really is stupid. <laughs> well, it's another corporate game. Absolutely. It is, oh, it is absolutely a corporate game. It's like, I have more value line. than you do because I have a passport from a, yeah. from a country that is industrialized and you come from a poor country and therefore I am worth more than you are. This, this is also part of the way the world is stacked to keep everybody under control. Now, if everybody right. felt that they were equal, then you would have a hard time controlling them. They would ask for yeah. more time off. They would ask for better living wages. They would ask for, wait a second, how is it that you say we don't have enough money, but nobody has to work or there's very little work done for an entire year 
but money keeps growing in the stock market. How is this game possible? How do you guys keep playing this game where the winners are always you? It doesn't matter who loses. You always win. House always wins. Um, These are excellent questions that people are, I think, empowering themselves to ask, which brings up the question of what is real leadership? uh, Is leadership, oh, because I'm leading the way that somehow I get more than everybody else? Or is leadership saying, I am strong enough and brave enough to hold the space to lead the way to give everyone the same benefits that I have. And there's some people that say, oh, that sounds like socialism. (laughs) But uh, really, why would the universe operate in such a way that says, oh, well, I love this solar system more than that solar system, so I'm gonna give it more. I don't think it operates that way at all. Um, And the whole notion that um, anyone deserves more than another, that is a 3D vibration that says othering of others, that I am more important than you, so therefore I deserve better things than you. Um, We see a lot of people who, again, like to talk the spiritual game. All is one and one is all, but as soon as you start the question, well, what is American identity? Is, are we the greatest country in the world? They suddenly lose their mind. Yes. Because they're still playing the game. Oh, I'm being all woke and guru-like so I can actually make more money and have more to myself. Yes. Um, and that is, again, still people caught at the 3D vibration. So what I challenge people all the time I don't go after people's politics or their religion, but I do go after their culture. And culture is our biggest blind spot and that we think our culture is somehow static, but it's not. It's this ever evolving internal narrative. And again, this game that you have to believe is real, that I have to buy into the system, the narrative that because I'm an American, we're God's greatest country. How do, you, how do you measure that? What's the metric for it? Oh, because we're in the top? Well, then wasn't, I guess, Rome was God's country. Then England was God's country. What happened? Oh, the pride cycle, beware. But I'm like, well, sound like America's right at the top of the pride cycle. Because once you start labeling yourself as God's favorite, there's nothing more proud than that. Mm. And you can't see the writing on the wall with that behavior. Oh, no, I'm being humble by saying we're God's people because I'm acknowledging God. I'm like, are you really? Mm-hmm. Or are you just making yourself lionized by saying you're God's people? These are childish games that we play with ourselves. Again, buying back into the loop because we're comfortable in the loop because that is the, those are their parameters. And as much as we say we don't like it, but what we're familiar with, even if we're unhappy, we'll choose that familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven most any day of the week. Yeah, we will run. We will run the circle as long as they tell us the circle will make us live forever. We will keep running the circle as long as the illusion holds. The problem is, is that I agree with you. I think that the quarantine did something that they did not anticipate it would do. Right. It broke all these cycles. They had people running after. They had them like horses 
with an apple in front of them and they had them running all over the place, all over the world after this apple. But then they said, wait a second, you could like sit down and have the apple. You don't have to have it in front of you. It broke the spell. It broke this hold that they had, that they had created and perfected in terms of <coughs> socialism, capitalism, realism, uh, isolationism, uh, all these nationalism, uh, every type of isms that they wanted to like hold you with suddenly are gone now. Now you're looking around going, okay, uh, what are they up to? What are they doing? Oh, no, prices are really high of food. Do you know that I was all over the world and the prices of food are not high except here? Yeah. And I realized, <coughs> I realized that they were like talking about inflation, inflation all over the world, inflation, inflation, and um, their mild hikes in um, certain things in the rest of the world here, yeah. it's like taking a rocket train and oh, yeah. we cannot live. We cannot pretend that we live on a different planet because we're the United States of America. We live in the same world that everybody else does. We actually should have um, a lot more uh, ability to regulate the prices that we have because we are very gifted on this land. We have almost everything that we need. We don't right. need to import like other countries do. No, we don't. And therefore, prices here should be a lot less than anywhere else in the world, which was the case for a long time, not anymore, because people, we want to force people back into the market. We want to force people back into the loops, back being running after that apple, that invisible apple that appears in front of you as soon as you get up in the morning and have your cup of coffee and disappears around five o'clock when you start drinking and reappears in the morning again when you have another cup of coffee. Yeah, corporations rely on imports, not actual uh, grit and workforce. That instead of using American resources, American labor, we're going to exploit Chinese labor and bring it in at cost cheaper but that then wipes out our American workforce and gets people to come and work for our company, our corporation, rather than allowing people to have the freedom to create from all of the abundance and natural resources that this land offers us. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It's fascinating. So with that, me and Lance are going to head off until next week. This is The Magician's Call. I'm Dr. Lahab El-Samurai. This is Lance Allred. We will be back next week with our fifth episode, and we will continue this conversation of The Magician's Call. We will talk about next week. I'm thinking maybe, Lance, if you're interested, we'll talk about what, the alche what alchemy is yeah. and how we think of alchemy. Mm -hmm. Do you have any words? A send-off to everybody. Uh, alchemy and I would say something to share with as we say goodbye here again 
going back into the pain and despair, especially coming out of the holidays where depression and anxiety and suicide are high, is just understanding that your claustrophobia, your frustration, that is all up to how much you choose to invest into the game, into the loop. And being able to let go and walk away from a game when you feel like it's the fourth quarter and you're so close to winning, you think you're going to win. If I leave now, then I'll never know. Um, that's the loop talking to you. That you can walk away and say, hey, I love my family. It doesn't mean I have to buy into the rules of a game that my family operates in. It doesn't mean I don't love them. I can love my friends and ascend into a different space, even if they spit me out. But that's when a beautiful opportunity for you to realize who your real friends are. Oh, but I invested so much time to get this one popular person to really like me. Meh. They don't like you for who you really are. And so as you step out of the game, giving yourself permission to see all the 3D games around you, a lot of the pain and the discomfort and the tension that you think is suicidal depression, but can go that way. A lot of it really is, again, with clarity, you understanding it's because you believe these metrics have real value and they're just illusions. So please reach out. Use the suicide hotline, call a friend, talk to somebody, call us at the Institute. We're here for you. We want you to remember we are not afraid. And thank you very much. And we will see you next week for The Magician's Call. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Magician's Call. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Al Samurai and Lance. We hope you will continue to join us on this journey and throughout the series. If you enjoy the IFC's Magician's Call podcast, Make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and review your podcast. You can also find us on the IFC YouTube. See you again for another episode soon. <laughs>